This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. To listen to tonight's full interview, go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. You will receive your login immediately and will have access to all of our material. And to get in touch with us, for member support, media inquiries, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at VeritasRadio.com. And tonight we're discussing the moon with our special guest, Louis Proud, writer and researcher specializing in paranormal and occult phenomena. Since childhood, Louis has been on a path of inner exploration. It became apparent to him that reality is not what it is. His work has appeared in Fate, New Dawn, Paranormal, and Nexus magazines. His first book, Dark Intrusions, an investigation into the paranormal nature of sleep paralysis experiences, was published in 2009. And tonight, we'll discuss his most recent work, titled The Secret Influence of the Moon, Alien Origins and Occult Powers. And to learn more about Louis Proud and his work, visit his website at louisproud.net, which is also linked at ours. And directly from Darwin Northern Territory, Australia, I would like to introduce Louis Proud. Hello, Louis, and welcome to Veritas. Uh, hey, Mel. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure, and congratulations on the new book, The Secret Influence of the Moon. You know, Louis, the moon, 
It's the perfect platform for surveillance, far enough and disconnected enough for the all-seeing eye to watch over us. What motivated you to research the moon and, and write this book? Well, I've, I've always been had an interest in the moon and, uh, you know, in particular, some of the uh, the stranger aspects of the moon. Oh, you know, like I was very inspired by, um, oh, like Jim Mars's book, Alien Agenda, where he discusses the, the spaceship moon theory, the possibility that the moon has artificial characteristics, as I like to refer to them. So reading books like that, it really kind of stirred my imagination. And, and of course, uh, I wanted to look into these mysteries, the spaceship moon theory and stuff like that, and really kind of, because uh, I know that quite a few authors have um, uh, maybe not sort of delved into it too much, or some of the information that they've presented is outdated. So I thought I'd sort of really do some in-depth research and try and really look into some of these mysteries, such as the spaceship moon theory, and explore all that, try and put it all together and create a, I guess, a, a sort of a clearer picture of, of the moon, I suppose. Certainly, when you say spaceship moon, that theory, I don't think there's one single listener of ours that yep. perhaps doesn't think about that. When you look up at the moon, and in one face faces us all the time. And I used to think that, that, that the moon, our moon, was the only one that behaved that way. But no, there's another moon, and we'll discuss that later, in another of our planets that uh, behaves the same way. But it's been over 40 years, Louis, since man allegedly, and I have to use the word allegedly because I was not there, I'm not going to deny or say that we went to the moon, but allegedly walked on the moon for the first time. Why hasn't the moon been colonized? Uh, why do we stop going, in your opinion? That's a good question. Um, certainly, that's something that a lot of people think about. It's really very difficult to answer. I mean, um, it seems as though um, NASA is very reluctant to put astronauts back on the moon. They've just been sending probes and, and so on. So it, it does seem as though um, the moon is kind of off limits, I suppose. It's, it's very difficult to answer this, this question. I mean, it's, it's possible that in the field of UFOlogy, there are theories that you know, the astronauts had encounters with UFOs and so on when they visited the moon. Of course, these stories are hard to confirm, but that's possible as well, that they were kind of warned off the moon and um, told that it's out of limits, so to speak. I had a conversation with, um, you referred to Richard C. Hoagland on the book, but I had a yep. conversation with uh, Jay Whitener a couple of years ago, mm. and we were discussing the moon, and he said that he and Richard were working on a project, a private project, they were going to send a, a rocket to the moon with 3D cameras. You probably have heard about this story and how, you know, their, their attorney who used to work for NASA called NASA just to clear things out to make sure that they had the, the blessing. And then uh, basically when he called, they, they said, uh, you're not going to the moon. If you try to, to launch a rocket, we'll, we'll shoot it down and don't ever call me again. Now, isn't that strange? Have you heard about this story before? No, I, I must admit I haven't. It certainly makes sense, you know, considering, as you said, we haven't been there in 40 years. And, of course, a lot of the images that placed in the, in the public domain by NASA are um, 
course, as, as Richard Hoagland states in, in his books, it looks as though some of these images have been tampered with and that certain features on the surface have been edited out. You know, he refers to such things as uh, fragments of lunar glass dome and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, certainly a lot of this stuff is very intriguing. It does seem as though NASA did discover certain things on the moon that, that they didn't want the public to know about. So there is a lot of secrecy surrounding the moon, NASA's discoveries regarding the moon. That's that's for sure. I always think that when I look at at the moon and the fact that we haven't been there for so long, for decades, it just does not make sense to me. I'm wearing a Casio calculator watch that carries more computer power than even the Apollo 17, the last one. And you think it's 30, 40 years since, since that time, and we haven't been able to go back. We have to always look at, a, at another place to go in order to preserve the human race. And what a perfect place for practice, the moon. Having a few bases there, practice to go perhaps to, to Mars, which is our closest neighbor. And the fact that the Chinese are taking the lead now. And honestly, I've received a lot of email from people asking me, Mel, do you think that the footage the Chinese are showing us is real? And of course, I, I, I can confirm that. I wouldn't doubt it if they're they're bluffing us as well. What is your yep. take on, on China taking the lead now on the moon? The soft landing recently, yeah. Um, it was a robotic probe, if, if my memory serves me correctly. I haven't really looked into this too much because it doesn't seem that remarkable, I suppose. They haven't put astronauts on the moon. I'd be a lot more impressed with that. I guess that's the sort of the safe way to go about it, isn't it? Although the footage, the footage that they're showing us seems to have color, we always saw the gray palette that the, the moon had, even with the alleged color pictures that we were shown. Now, the Chinese, yep. I mean, this looks more like, like Mars in a way, uh, the, the, the orangey kind of a feel. So it just makes you wonder who is right, who is lying. Now, what is uh, your insect moon theory? That's a, it's a interesting. What is it? Basically, that was just when I was a child. I um, The moon to me seemed to resemble a kind of clay sort of wasp nest. I had all these ideas about the moon that it was kind of a sort of an artificial world, I suppose. So I guess that, that idea has always stayed with me, that there is something very strange about the moon, that it doesn't seem completely natural. Of course, I, I'm not saying that the moon is. This was just an idea that I had as a, as a child, you know, because I guess all children take some kind of interest in the moon and question the moon and so on. Of course, we're all told that, that there is nothing mysterious about the moon, that it's just this kind of dead rock that orbits the earth. But as I show in the book, there's, there's a lot more to it than that. There are some incredible mysteries surrounding the moon. Now, the question that you and I and our listeners have always had is why do we see only one side of the moon? This has got to do with um, the moon being in synchronous rotation with the earth and there's nothing really that mysterious about it. It's just got to do with the fact that the moon spins on its axis every 27.3 days. We refer to this as a sidereal month and this is the same period of time that it takes to 
revolve around the Earth. So this is referred to as synchronous rotation. So there's always going to be one side of the moon that's hidden from Earth. We refer to that as the um, the moon's uh, far side. And of course, the side that we can see is, is the near side. But of course, the, the period that we see two new moons or two, two full moons is 29.3 days, and that's a synodic month. So that relates to the phases of the moon. And that's got to do with the fact that as the moon is orbiting Earth, the Earth is also orbiting the sun. It's a little bit difficult to explain here, but there's nothing really mysterious about synchronous rotation. If I'm right here, I think uh, one of Mars's moons, Phobos, I think that's in synchronous rotation with Mars. So, but of course, with Phobos, there was an idea that that may be a um, artificial satellite as well. So who knows? Maybe it is a mysterious feature of the moon. I'm not really sure about that, but there's a big question mark surrounding that one. Yes, that was the other object in uh, or satellite in our solar system that behaves like the moon. In in that regard alone, in the in the in the rotate in the way that we only see one moon. I'm I'm not uh, one side. I'm not an astronomer, but I wonder. And I do have a a friend astronomer here at the University of Arizona. I'm going to be speaking with soon to ask if he has seen other moons in other places outside of our solar system that behave like our moon. Because, yes, it may not be mysterious, but if we don't see the same pattern happening elsewhere, then it really makes you wonder. And the fact that Mars is our closest neighbor, you know, I wonder if there's a correlation there. Uh, Do you know of any other object outside of our solar system or maybe even inside our solar system that behaves like our moon? No, I mean, it is incredibly mysterious. I mean, the fact that it's so large, for example... It's actually the largest moon in the solar system relative to the size of its host planet, host planet, i.e. Earth. And of course, Earth is the only planet that has exactly one moon. And really, I, I kind of, and some scientists tend to view the moon as Earth's double planet rather than a moon. That sort of makes more sense to me, that model, seeing the Earth and the moon as a double planet system rather than a planet satellite system as i said it is it is unusually large and of course out of the the terrestrial planets which are you know mercury venus earth and mars mars and earth are the only two that actually have moons and mars's two moons are actually phobos and deimos they're called are actually very very small so it just doesn't fit within the solar system it's just a very unusual thing the fact that earth has this very very large moon yeah it's a quarter the size of of the earth and there's some other anomalies we'll continue discussing but you mentioned this sidereal month which is the orbital time period that the moon goes around the earth it's 27.3 days as you said and it's also interesting and i'm not sure you i don't think you discussed this at all in the book but i thought i mentioned it it's interesting that the average menstrual cycle for women, of course, is 28 days. I wonder if the moon has any influence of the menstrual on the menstrual cycle. And the reason why I mention this is because they say that the oceans are affected by the moon. Since we're mostly water, and we, women are water, if there's a correlation between the existence of the moon and the menstrual cycle. Have you ever looked into this? 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's something I I look at in the book, and it is. I think it's certainly more than a coincidence. I I don't see it. Uh, of course, this was this idea was was explored a lot by um in in the book The Lunar Effect by a, a psychologist called Arnold L. Lieber. A lot of people, I'm sure, many of the listeners have heard of this book or read it, and he believed that because the body is is seventy percent water around 70% water that you know it affects the human body in a similar fashion to the earth affecting the ocean he referred to this as the as his biological tides theory but of course you got to take into consideration that the gravitational effect of the moon on a single human being is is only very very slight and you also got to realize that the Water was in the human body is bounded. It's contained within our cells. It's not sort of sloshing around. So it, you can't really compare the water in the body to the Earth's ocean. As I stated in the book, it's it really seems to be a um, a geomagnetic influence that we're talking about here. I, I think it can be better explained using that model, not this biological tides theory that Arnold Lieber proposes in his work. As I state in the book, it's it's got to do with the fact that as the moon is orbiting Earth, it's actually changing the properties of the Earth's magnetic field because there's very good evidence that um, we're affected by geomagnetic influences during solar storms, for example, which disrupts the geomagnetic field, causes a disturbance in the geomagnetic field there's good evidence that we respond to those changes, like on a hormonal level, for example. So I, I think this this makes sense using a geomagnetic model or electromagnetic model, if you like, because you've got to understand that the human body is an electromagnetic machine. There's good evidence that our brains actually contain particles of magnetite and that uh, possibly there are particles of magnetite in the ethmoid bone as well. So, And that our ancestors were very skilled at using the geomagnetic field for navigational purposes. There seems to be an ability that we've lost over time, but it's still there because a lot of studies have been carried out in this area which show that we can actually navigate using the Earth's magnetic field. So we clearly do respond to those changes in the, uh, the the magnetic field of the Earth. So when the moon orbits the Earth and produces these changes, then um, clearly we're responding to those. So, so I think that more clearly explains how we uh, respond to the moon's phases and so on, the activity of the moon. So it seems very obvious to me that, that yeah, I mean, we know for a fact that uh, the activity of the sun affects people on Earth, so it makes sense that the activity of the moon also plays into that as well. I've always wondered, uh, Louis, you know, this is a question I've always had, what would happen to planet Earth if all of a sudden you and I woke up in the morning and the moon wasn't there? What would change on the planet and on, on, on the living beings here if the moon wasn't there? Have you pondered that? Yes. You've got to realize that the the moon actually keeps Earth stable in its orbit. So the moon does have a supportive effect on the Earth, on life on Earth. And 
if the moon wasn't there keeping the Earth stable in its orbit, then um, the Earth would be sort of swinging all over the place, and certainly the climate would be very much affected by that. So the Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.